1 Samuel chapter 14, verse number, verse number 6, and, and oft looked over story, but some will recognize it, and uh, I, I, I enjoy it. But uh, if you could join in with me in reading this one lone verse. Now, now, again, unity is something to be said. Everybody together. And Jonathan. Of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Saved by many or by few. Let's look at that one more time. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be, it may just be that the Lord will work for us. It may be that the Lord will will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And I just, I just want to take a moment and, and, and today and try to encourage somebody's faith and, and, and encourage somebody to, to let them know that, that the Lord can save by many or by few. That you may seem like you're insignificant. You may seem like that, that there's nothing that God could do with you. And, and let me just remind you of this story for just a, a moment here today. This is just Jonathan and his armor bearer. And they're going against 20 Philip. Philistines, a garrison there, a stronghold there. And, and, and he says, it may just be that the Lord uh, may do this. He, he, he might just do this. He might just work uh, on, our, on our behalf. Maybe the Lord will. Maybe the Lord will. One more time, if you could put your hands together and clap to the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. This account has never reached the status of Jericho and the walls. Joshua marching around the city. It never reached the status of David going out against the giant Goliath with the sling and with the stones. It, it doesn't quite reach the, the epic uh, nature of those, of those narratives. But it is one of the most famous battles in the Old Testament. Jonathan and his armor bearer going up against a garrison of 20 Philistines. But the intriguing part is that they stepped out. They stepped out with no immediate word or no direct word from God to go. They said, it may be. Or maybe, maybe just, just maybe the Lord will work for us. Most translators uh, translate that as perhaps. If you read in other versions, it will say uh, perhaps the Lord uh, will work for us. Perhaps the Lord will act on our 
behalf. And I would ask to everyone this morning who feels that, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? Maybe God is calling you to take a step forward. Maybe God is calling you to take a step in commitment, to take a step in faithfulness to him. What are you waiting for? Maybe, just maybe, maybe the Lord will work for us. And folks, I know that that's a possibility thing, that that's a maybe thing. And any time you, you put that maybe, then there's often a, the other side of the coin. And I don't want to focus on that. I, I, I like to, when I talk about faith, uh, I want to say God will. God shall. God is going to do it. But in this story, Jonathan had that type of mindset. And he just said, he didn't think, hey, if we go up this mountain, these 20 could kill us. He said, no, maybe the Lord will work on our behalf. Maybe he'll do it. And I believe that he will. Somebody say in Jesus' name. There's a movie, some some years back, not too long ago, a family movie called We Bought a Zoo. Let me see the hands of, of folks that have seen it. Okay, I got, I got a handful that, that, that are familiar with it. Uh, uh, it's, uh, Matt Damon plays a, a role of a British writer, Benjamin Mee. He rescues this fallen, fallen zoo, this little, little zoo. And, and while coming to terms with his life as a widower, a single, single father there, it's based on a, a true story. <clears throat> One line from that movie will, 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 will really make you stop and think. He said, and I quote, Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. 20 seconds seconds of insane courage now that's not just a great line from from a family movie it's a life changing principle all you need sometimes is just a little bit a little short window of courage insane courage because a lot of times we have faith to believe but we never move because we've got fear and we don't have the courage to step in and allow that faith to produce what it needs to. 20 seconds of insane courage. That's about how long it took Peter to step out of the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm. That's about how long it took for David to charge uh, Goliath in that uh, epic battle. That's about how long it took Zacchaeus to climb uh, that sycamore tree that would change uh, his life. Uh, that's about how long it took uh, for Jonathan to reveal himself to this garrison of the Philistines. Uh, 20 seconds of insane courage. History has been redefined by decisions that took uh, 20 seconds or less uh, of insane courage. And your life will be defined in large part by mustering up 20 seconds of insane courage. That's about how long it took uh, for you to ask your wife on that first date. Go a little further. That's about how long it took those 20 seconds of insane courage for you, that first kiss from your wife. Think about it. 20 seconds of insane courage. That's all it takes. And there's a fine line between courage and faith. 
courage and faith because, because we believe and we, we say we believe, but then if we don't have the courage to act and to step, they're certainly linked. When, when you have faith that God is with you and will fight for you, courage is elevated. Courage is what it takes to act upon your faith. Some of you just need 20 seconds of insane courage to step out of your seat and walk to this altar, to this front area, and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time in your life. Some of you need that 20 seconds of insane courage to become a worshiper, to become a worshiper, not just, not just follow along with things, but to worship the one true God in spirit and in truth. Courage to say, yes to the call of God on your life. Courage to invite somebody to the house of God. Courage to teach somebody a Bible study. Courage. 20 seconds of insane courage to say I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I was wrong. Courage to be a part of missions. Some give by going. Others go by giving. 20 seconds of insane courage to kneel down and tell God I give you my hurt. I give you my bitterness. I don't want it anymore. I'm turning it over to you, God. I'm letting go courage to say, bury your old life with Christ and wise to walk in newness of life. What difficult decision do you need to make? What difficult decision do you need to make? What risk do you need to take in your life? Fear of failure has stopped more people from pursuing the call of God than anything else. Fear of failure, fear to step out, maybe it won't work. Uh, uh, more than anything else put together, what would you attempt for God uh, if you were 100% sure that God would back you? What would you do for God if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God would show up and show himself strong? What would you do if you knew that God was going to do it? Failure is not the end of the world. What would you attempt? Failure is not the end of the world. I believe it was Thomas Edison that said, I failed my way to success. If you don't do, fail at anything, maybe you aren't trying anything. Maybe you aren't doing much. And you certainly aren't taking a risk. Playing it safe, sitting back, just, just playing it safe. Don't be afraid to fail. It'll take some failure to get where you want to go in God. If at first you don't succeed, do it again. Try Try again. Get up and do it again. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Come on, put your hands together and clap to the Lord. Sometimes one snapshot of one moment of a person's life can, can tell you a lot about that individual. While Jonathan is fighting the Philistines, the Bible tells us that Saul, his father, the king at the time, tarried underneath the pomegranate tree. Instead of picking a fight with the enemy, the leader of Israel's army is picking pomegranates. Saul and Jonathan were polar opposites. 
They took such different approaches to the same event that it's hard to imagine they were father and son. Saul was playing not to lose. Jonathan was playing to win. He was playing to win. Saul was on the defense. Jonathan was on offense. That's the difference between fear and between faith. If you let fear dictate your decisions, you'll live defensively. You'll live reactively. You'll live cautiously. Living by faith is going on the offensive with your life. Upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Gates are defensive measures. Uh, gates are defensive. Uh, that means by definition we are on the offensive. The gates of hell are on the defensive. We, the church, are on the offense. Uh, faithfulness is not holding the fort. Uh, it's storming uh, the gates of hell and taking back enemy territory that belongs to you and that belongs to God. Righteousness isn't just the absence of wrongness. Listen to me now. Righteousness isn't just the absence of wrongness. Uh, like goodness is not the absence uh, of badness. Uh, you can do nothing wrong uh, and still do nothing right. You can do nothing wrong and still not be doing anything right. Fear, though, governs by intimidation. And it's the difference between holding out on God and going all out for God. It's the difference in holding out on God and going all out for God. Talk about insane courage. Jonathan picks a fight with the Philistines. He doesn't even get a word from God saying, go on up and do this. I want you to do this. Uh, he just kind of picks a fight uh, with the enemy. He kind of he starts this on his own. I was talking with Andrew in the office uh, a moment ago. I went to high school with a boy that was kind of like that. Uh, we'd be sitting now. Granted, we weren't church folks. He'd be sitting somewhere and we'd be out with him in the middle of school. We'd be out somewhere and he'd say, you know what? I'm going to fight that guy. And, and I don't know what gets in people to do this, and this is certainly not a spiritual thing, but, but he'd look over and he'd point somebody out and he'd say, I'm going to fight him. I said, why? He said, I don't know. I just, I just want to fight him. And then he'd do it. Now, folks, that's insane. Now, I'm not talking about that type of insanity. <laughs> and he'd do it all the time. He wasn't in. Andrew said, well, did he win? He, you know, he, most of the time he didn't. <laughs> Maybe that was it. He was trying to find somebody he could win, but it was usually somebody that was bigger for it than him. And, and, but but that, you, you talk about insanity, that was insane. Now, I'm not talking about that type of insanity, but, but Jonathan kind of does that when you look at it and you just kind of analyze this, this on paper. That's Jonathan's idea. He said, he said it seems, it, it, to us, it seems crazy. Now, again, in passing and reading and your, your daily reading and your Bible reading, you can sometimes read right over this story and not, not kind of dive in and, and, and see the significance of it and, and the actual, the actual uh, unbalanced, unbalanced fight that this is. But Jonathan says, you know what, let's do it. It seems crazy, but if God is in it, it's no longer crazy. The word you're looking for is miraculous. We need the miraculous of God. Don't be surprised if people mock you. Don't be surprised if people criticize you and laugh at you when you do something out of the ordinary. Get over it and get on with it. 
Get over it and get on with it. Stop worrying about what everybody thinks. Uh, People may think you're crazy when you pick a fight with the Philistines. Uh, When you fast, uh, they may think you're crazy when you pray, uh, when you commit so much to God. Uh, But really, the only other option is for them to think that you're normal. Folks, you don't want people to think that you're normal. We're anything but normal. Somebody say amen. Listen to me now. Normal is like average. Normal is like average. And I don't want to be average. You know what average is? Average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. Think about that, folks. If you want to be average, you're the worst of the best and the best of the worst. That's what average is. Who wants to be average? Who wants to be normal? I have no desire to be like everybody else. Normal is broad road dwellers. It's where the majority is. Many be there. I don't want to find myself there. That's the wrong road. That's the wrong path. That's the wrong destination. I wouldn't doubt if 11 disciples were doing flailing motions and and different things when Peter threw his leg over that side of the boat, maybe mocking him when he begin to sink in the sea of Galilee but they never walked on water Peter was the only one that walked have you ever noticed how much people who criticize people who walk on water do so from the comfortable confines of the boat from their seat from their living room from the dinner table they're not they're not criticizing them out on top of the waves and on top of the water David's brothers criticized him for challenging Goliath but David made the headlines while his brother Brothers sat on the sidelines. David made the headlines and his brothers sat on the sidelines. And I'm sure the crowd laughed at the tax collector climbing a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus, but they didn't get invited to lunch with Jesus either. Today I'm going to come to your house. That's what he said to Zacchaeus. So, what motivated Jonathan? What motivated Jonathan to pick a fight with the Philistines? What triggered that courage? Started with Jonathan turning to his armor bearer and saying, come on, let us go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. Going all out with God starts with one step of faith. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand how all the pieces are going to fit in the place. It's that first step of faith and the courage to take it. The first step is usually the longest. First step is usually the hardest. First step is usually the scariest. But it has to be done. But when we make that move that is motivated by the glory of God, it moves the very hand of God. There comes a moment in our lives when enough is enough. We reject the status quo. We refuse to remain the same. This is that moment for Jonathan. Enough is enough. Listen, the New Living Translation. If you look in the New Living Translation of the Bible, there's there's paragraph headings or or, or, or captions above certain passages. And the caption above uh, this passage in the New Living Translation says, Jonathan's daring 
plan. Jonathan's daring plan uh, sounds like a horrible plan to me. Jonathan's daring plan, it has has to rank as the worst military strategy ever. Jonathan's daring plan. Jonathan, listen, exposes himself to the enemy, broad daylight, concedes the higher ground. He's on the lower ground. They're up on the, on the high ground. It's just, it's just disaster waiting to happen. Then comes up with a sign to determine whether, whether or not to engage in the enemy. Listen, this is what he says. Jonathan says, but if they say, come on up and fight. <laughs> They're on lower ground. 20 of them are up on high ground. Two of them are on lower ground. And he says, if they say, come on up and fight, that will be the Lord's sign that he'll help us defeat them. Now, you got to think if you were the armor bearer. This is, you know, we, we kind of brush over him too. But you talk about courage and you talk about faith and you take a, talk about loyalty and you talk about commitment. The, the armor bearer had to think, what in the world are you thinking If they say, come on up and fight, that's a sign that we're going to do it? That's the worst possible thing that could happen. But he doesn't doesn't argue with them. He 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 just is right there. He's right there. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. He chose the most dangerous option as a sign that God was with him. Folks, what we do. When we're praying is, if this light's green, if this light's green, and if this light's green, then God must be saying, go on. You know, not if, if this door shuts and if this door shuts, and if the hardest possible way to do it, then it must be God. That's what Jonathan does here. The absolute hardest way, it, it must be it must be God. Jonathan said, if I get all red lights, uh, if they say you climb the cliff, uh, and if you survive that, then fight us. Uh, and then with us having the higher ground, fight us. Uh, then we'll know that God is with us, uh, even though we're outnumbered 10 to 1. It was 20 to 2. That's 10 to 1 odds. 10 to 1 odds. It's impossible to get inside the head of someone who lived thousands of years ago. But one statement reveals Jonathan's line of sinking here, thinking here. He says, maybe, perhaps the Lord will work for us. Perhaps the Lord will fight with us, for us. Perhaps the Lord will be with us maybe just maybe maybe just maybe the lord will act on our behalf maybe the lord will help us most people operate on the opposite mentality perhaps the lord won't act what if he doesn't help what if he doesn't answer the prayer what if he leaves me out there by myself they let fear dictate their decisions instead of faith dictating their decisions so they end up under a pomegranate tree like Saul on the outskirts of Gibeah but the Jonathans of the world would rather fall on their face than sit in their seat 
They'd rather fall on their face than, than sit in their seat. They'd rather make mistakes than miss opportunities. One step of faith can create a tipping point that changes not only their destiny, but the course of history. And that's precisely what happened in the wake of Jonathan's bold, courageous move. 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse number 23 says, So the Lord saved Israel that day. So the Lord saved Israel that day. Because a man... And his armor bearer took a step of faith. Jonathan didn't save Israel. The armor bearer didn't save Israel. The Lord saved Israel that day. They moved the hand of God. And God's hand wrought the victory. Why don't we all put our hands together and clap to the Lord? Jonathan's death, 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 definitely a why not individual. Jonathan's not a, 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 a why individual. He's a why not, why not. What if the Lord moves on our behalf? Maybe, just maybe, he'll, he'll come and show himself strong. He's a why not individual. Going all out is asking why not, why not do this? Why not let God do this for us? Why people? look for excuses why people find every excuse and every so-called opportunity why not people look for opportunities why not do this why couldn't the Lord bless in this area why couldn't the Lord show up and do more than we could ever ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us why people are afraid of making mistakes why would I do that? I, I might mess up and I might fall on my face. I, I may look stupid. Everybody may, may laugh at me. Why people are afraid of making mistakes? Why not people don't want to miss out on the call of God? Why not people don't want to miss out on an opportunity for the glory of God to show up in their lives? Why not? Perhaps God will. So why not? Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is going to show up Jesus is going to touch their lives. Jesus is going to make all things new. Why not invite that neighbor? Why not invite your friend? Why not bring your family member to the house of God with you? God just might show up and show himself strong in their life. I did it. I came to him. Not growing up in it. God touched me. God changed me. God filled me. I was baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ. God touched my life. I was transformed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why not? Why not somebody else? Why not? Oh, but what if they don't like it? What if they, what if they don't, what if they reject it? What if they accept it? What if God moves upon them? Maybe the Lord will touch them. Maybe they'll open up their heart and maybe God will transform their life. Maybe he will. Why not ask? Why not allow the opportunity to happen? Why not trust in, in God? Perhaps he will. Jesus will touch. Jesus will make all things new. Listen to this. A pair of psychologists. 
the University of Michigan conducting a fascinating study over a decade ago now. It could reframe how you view fear. Listen to this. Listen to this. Volunteers wore electrode cap that enabled the researchers to analyze brain activity in response to winning and losing. Winning and losing. Listen. They did a computer simulating betting game. And, and they was capturing the electrodes and the responses that were, that were taking place in their brain upon winning and upon, and upon losing. With each bet, the medial frontal cortex showed increased electrical activity within a matter of milliseconds that quick. But what intrigued the researchers was that the medial frontal negativity showed a larger dip after a loss. Listen, there was a larger dip after a loss than there was a rise after a win. Think about that. People hated to lose more than they liked to win. And that can explain some things to you if you're real competitive. People hated to lose more than they loved to, to win. Researchers came up with a, a simple yet profound conclusion. Losses loom larger than gains. Losses hurt more than gains feel good. Are you hearing me? In other words, the aversion to loss of a certain magnitude is greater than the attraction to gain of the same magnitude. So in knowing that, people react in life, knowing it or not knowing it, a lot of times according to that. It'll help explain why so many people play not to lose. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. I, I don't want to step out there and then, and then fail. Because that hurts worse than if I'd actually succeed. It's our neurological default setting. Listen. We fixate on sins of commission. Instead of sins of omission. We preach and a lot of people preach against a lot of stuff. But not for things. Defensive rather than offensive. Playing not to lose rather than playing to win. Living not to lose rather than living to win. And maybe that's why we have a better safe than sorry mentality. Well, better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. We're so afraid of making the wrong decision that we make no decision. And what we don't understand is that no decision is a decision. It's called indecision. And that in itself is a decision.
Some are always waiting for a word from the Lord. Oh, if, if God would just tell me, if God would just show me, if God would just, would just lead me. We have 789,629 words from the Lord in your Bible. How about this one? Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Yes, you should invite somebody to church. Yes, you should try to get somebody to come with you so that their life can be transformed. What are you waiting for? 20 seconds of insane courage and make a decision that will change your life forever. Maybe, just maybe, the Lord will work for us. Maybe the Lord will work for us. Maybe if I step out, maybe if I believe that he will show up and will show himself strong. Step out for God. What would you attempt for God if you knew 100% that God would back you up. That God would step in. And it wouldn't be your effort. It wouldn't be your ability. It wouldn't be Jonathan and, and the armor bearer saved Israel. But God saved Israel that day. What would you do? What would you do? Nineveh repented. And they fasted on a maybe. Just maybe. And the Lord turned his wrath the prodigal came to himself in the hog pen and said maybe just maybe my father will take me back perhaps maybe the Lord will act on our behalf you need courage but what if God doesn't you say what if he doesn't show up what if he doesn't answer what if he's not with me what if he does what if God does show up what if he does act what if he does fight for you If he doesn't, we pick ourselves back up, dust ourselves off, try something else. Try something else. But if he does, but if he does, then he does. Lift your hands to the Lord all across this house. Maybe the Lord will. Maybe the Lord will. Maybe he'll do it. Maybe, just maybe, he'll show up. Maybe, just maybe, he'll heal. Maybe, just maybe, he'll, he'll provide. Oh, he will. I believe he will. But sometimes you gotta, you got to strum up that courage to take that first step. Oh, I believe it's not just a maybe, but he will. He shall. He will. All things are possible to him that believeth. God will make a difference. God will make a change. God does answer prayer. He can. He can do it, and he will do it. He will. Take a chance on God today. Who can tell if God will not come down and help? Perhaps God will move on our behalf. Maybe just maybe. So today, if you're here and you've never made that first step to God, You've never committed your heart. You've never committed your life. You've never made that first step. Maybe, just maybe, he'll make a change in your life today. I know he will. If you've never been baptized in the saving name of Jesus Christ, God will transform your life. He'll make all things new. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
You've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Evidence of speaking in other tongues, in other languages. The Spirit of God gives you the ability to speak. He'll do it. He'll do it. It's for you. God can transform your, your life. Maybe, just maybe, if you want God to use you like never before, this is your time. This is your time. Take a step. Have the courage to do it.